Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm your regular host, Joe. We've got your my regular co-host, Paul, with us tonight. Alex, that scoundrel is still on holiday, but we have managed to rope in a special guest for you all tonight. This is Carl Huber, who is an award-winning artist and illustrator with a Kickstarter campaign, which is going to get started soon. So we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. But before we get into any more details, we have to start out with Paul's favorite pun. Paul, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. Um, so, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Glad you asked, Paul. I'm glad you asked. I have been taken back 20 years by uh, a couple of small boys who live in our household who have challenged me to Pokemon. Ooh. Oh, dear. Po pocket monsters. Kaiju, are they? Are they or not? But we're, we're going to allow it tonight. Yeah. Because they have, the, I was there when the old deep magic was written. They have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. I have the original scrolls. <laughs> yes, I do. They're in a binder right now. But, um, Anyways, that's been that's been a hoot. So um, they bought one of the uh, with their pocket money. They bought one of the little Pokemon trading card game starter things that comes with three decks. We have a Pikachu deck, we have a Mewtwo deck, and of course we have a Charizard deck. And then there's me, the water you know type guy, is going. Where's the Blastoise? Is there no for alligator around here? Like <laughs> Gyarados, anybody? Like these are legitimate the, questions. <laughs> where's Where's the water? I mean, like nobody was expecting Venusaur to make this party, but I mean, come on, Blastoise should have been there. So, anyways, um, it was great. So Henry is uh, the younger of the two boys, and Henry uh, he goes, "Wow, you're really good." <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i am <laughs> so uh then charlie he's the older of the two charlie challenges me and mewtwo is pretty good you know so joe joe took mewtwo on with pikachu and i hate pikachu but pikachu <laughs> he, he helped me out in this one but um <clears throat> anyways we got to a point where the both of them had were against me at the same time and they were like you're really good, Joe. Can you help us make some Pokemon decks? I'm like, yeah, fellas, I can help you out with this. The wise so right, one knows. The wise one does know. The wise one has also dropped 20 quid to make his own water Pokemon deck. <laughs> and what they don't know is that I've discovered since I have been out of this game, like Pokemon cards, you can get them for dirt cheap now. I was like cards that would have costed like 20 quid, you know, like... Uh, $30 or something like that when I was their age you can get them for like nine cents now oh my gosh <laughs> so, wow so so here I am just like <laughs> gonna drop 10 quid on this game <laughs> so um yeah so uh they had no idea what they're in for their mom told me that I'm not allowed to like you can't destroy them I mean, well I, I I can I can I'm you, not, you I'm could not... but you won't oh but I can <laughs> it might very well <laughs> I'm the boss. I am the Pokemon master. I am the gym leader. This is the elite Joe. Come on. But um, yeah, so I've really been enjoying the Pokemon journey and um, it's been fun. So I've, I've been roped into Pokemon Go, which I've been enjoying. I caught a Lugia cool. today, which made me very happy. Paul, do you remember Lugia? No. I don't uh, he's remember oh, Lug many. Oh, Lugia was cool. So like there are three legendary birds, right? 
there's the electric one, the fire one, and the ice one. And if they get out of sorts, like the world's weather kind of goes awry. And Lugia is like the bird dragon, like chill one that's like, you starting something? You better not start something. I'm going to come over there. You, I, I'll turn this van right around. He's like that Pokemon. Do you do that during the game? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I don't play Pokemon while I'm driving a van. I don't. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You, you hear that DVLA? I, I don't do that. <laughs> I've, I've got enough points on the license. But anyways, um, so uh, yeah, so I got a Lugia today and I was chuffed because Lugia is one of the ones that can talk. It's telepathic, so it can do that sort of stuff. But what I liked is it was like this big dragon thing that shot like a really groovy laser out of its mouth and whatever that laser hit was just toast. So Okay, that sounds cool. Got, nice. Yeah, it was cool. If you look up Lugia, I mean, like, it's a really great character design. It's very eloquent, very simple, but it, it, it does the job. But yeah, Joe's gotten into Pokemon. Um, it is september now so halloween season is officially starting in our house <laughs> so um yeah we were talking before the show got started um carl brought up uh invasion of the body snatchers uh our little boy has turned 10 and i'm wondering if i can convince his mom to let me show him invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> the donald sutherland one with oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah of course. other ones don't really count but you know We'll start them on that. But yeah, that's 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 me. That's me. So I will ask our guest, Carl, what have Kaiju been up to lately? Oh, uh, it's not even at the second time wasn't any easier. Um, what have I been up? You know what? It's more of a, of a research thing. I, I, I sort of take these things seriously. And I've been looking at a lot of old, like medieval drawings of monsters, like the old stuff from the illuminated manuscripts and whatnot, and just finding more like just weird things um, that, they they taught and it, some of that stuff is just so brilliant and it's just such a wonderful resource of things to get and i started going back and look at some of the the more commonplace things and trying to put them in into more modern context and thus there you have the um monsters for children um so what we have is a series of uh essentially your favorites but more friendly and fun for inviting for kids you know um so there's trolls and what else was there there's the creature somewhere. the world um, needs more trolls can we just talk about trolls for a second trolls world tour yeah yeah like so harry potter i feel has ruined harry potter and what was it frozen they have ruined oh, trolls? trolls i feel <laughs> did I you mean, see troll hunter Oh my gosh! Yes, well, those are troll some hunter. trolls. Yeah. <laughs> I own Troll Hunter. Okay. Troll Hunter is amazing. There we go. Now we okay. That, that's what. Yeah, that's what that old school, you know, uh, farty, burpy, you know, head scratching, you know, armpit sniffing sort of things that you know lumber around in the dark um, in old old uh, European forests and folklore and whatnot. I'm just loving that stuff, and it's like, oh, let's make that for some kids, and let's put on some shirts and some coughs and, and posters and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, it was, th this was, it's Monsters for Children. Um, and of course, you know, the book as well. But uh, mostly just doing a lot of research for the second volume of this and really finding just some great, uh, uh, just old school things that I, I never knew existed. Um, what is it, the headless, the headless humanoids, the dog-faced people, um, uh, the, the, the snake with two, with a head on each end. I mean, just these weird, uh, medieval um, 
and they're just illuminated manuscripts and there's stuff you find and there's bestiaries written about them and all these magical things that they could do and they're almost completely forgotten and there's more that we haven't seen from this sort of source than we do know about as i'm going through all these sorts of things and they're just wonderful um you know asian vampires as opposed to western vampires and chinese and japanese vampires are different and all these wonderful variations that you get i've just been actually just looking into that a lot more and more and more um and just kind of i don't know filling in some gaps and finding some different things so that when i do so for instance um sorry if i keep talking too long the um the, the mummy that i did for the for the first volume of this i based on uh, south american mummies not the egyptian ones so they're more like the kind in the in a, that are put in a bottle or wrapped in a shawl, not the Boris Karloff kind. And I, I want to find more things like that uh, when I do these volumes, so that it's it's the same old thing, same old thing. And it, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but just sort of showcasing. Look at they're out, they're out there all over the place, um, and they come in all these different forms, and they come in all these different. And they're for kids, and they're for adults, and they're for good, and they're for evil, and they're for light and dark, and they're big, and they're small, and there's you know there's 18 different definitions for kabold now and like oh which one are you talking about um and it's just it's just a just sort of it's really exploring the universe um but uh you know and then it's getting some good drawings down i've also been working a lot with like the more fictional villains i feel it's monsters as well um and this goes back a lot of lovecraftian stuff i want to start working with um I don't know why I'm fascinated with the deep ones from Shadow of Rune Smith. I don't know why fish people I lose my mind over that. I don't know why. Um, but something about this transition and not knowing that it's happening. Um, and all of a sudden sort of waking up like you're a living, you know, salmon and back to the river you go, sort of whether you want to or not. And just sort of being drawn there. Um, and and sort of what the reward is. Like you become the monster, but yeah, now you're immortal. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a that's kind of the monsters win at the end. And I don't know why I've been really involved in that story a lot. I've been rereading it again and again and again and again, and just drawing more fish people. Um, I, I don't know why. Okay. I guess you could say I'm hooked. Fish, pe fish people are <laughs> cool. I mean, like if, if you were going to, if you were going to inhabit any biosphere, I would choose the ocean. I mean, like you get yeah, to yeah, see so place. much cool stuff. <laughs> and fish are such, they're such great monster mature. They're so ugly sometimes. You know, there's, they're ugly, they're beautiful, they're, they're colorful, beautiful. they're drab, they're they, all they sorts float of around. Oh, they're great. I just they're not really uh, limited by gravity. I mean, nope. it's great. Uh, Godzilla comes from the water. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of just old school research into some monsters for some new updates on some things for the next volume, essentially. Um, and just going through these lovely old medieval uh images from bibles or manuscripts or you know and there's always like a little warning be careful you don't run across this or you'll you know the devil or something will turn you into this that and the other and so there's always a little monster to warn you with um but yeah just a lot of old research you know seeing what's out there just the universe is getting you know a monster gets bigger and bigger and bigger so yeah that's great cool well, now now you get to ask <laughs> paul the question what's uh kaiju with you paul did i get that right Nice. <laughs> nice. Love it. Can I use that again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, okay, so speaking of our missing co-host, Alex, he came to visit me for a few days. Oh, no. Is your house okay? My my house? Yeah, it, he didn't burn it down or anything. That guy's it's, like it's Joey fine. from Friends. He always <laughs> wants a sandwich or something. I'm telling you what. It's like if you give an Alex a cookie. 
<laughs> it's okay. We've, we've got two boys. We, you know, the, the cupboards are full of stacks. He's fine. He was he was well fed. There I looked go. after him. Don't worry. Um, but while he's here, obviously, we had to do some, you know, guy kaiju stuff. So we um, hid out in the man cave. And Alex is a very, very good um, gamer for old school games. And he was, oh, he was walking me through Contra 3 on the um, Super NES which um, is a side-scrolling shooter that has some interesting creature designs. There was like a, a giant turtle whose head just kind of shoots out right, to, to yeah. get you and be a firing fire and all that. But there was one particular level that we're going across. And I mean, Alex, is, he, was, he was telling me literally, right, jump here, go to the left, fire there. He's, I, mean, <laughs> I, think he's, I think it's burned into his brain. You know, he has obviously played this a lot. And we were fighting a monster. And so there's, a, there's some egg sacs on the floor and on the ceiling and then out jump what a very very clearly face huggers it was <gasps> and he, he he didn't realize really that that you know that it was a face hugger until we we just looked at it and thought hang on a minute <laughs> as a child you would never have picked up on that but as an adult we're like wow that's that should be copyright i don't know how they got wow. away with it but it, it was very cool you know you, you know you're like a super soldier you're killing aliens and mechs it's, yeah it was awesome <laughs> fun it's I really remember funny. those from the arcade days, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God. Good idea. I had yes. Primal Rage. Primal right. Rage. Primal what Rage was the giant turtle in uh, Neverending Story with the, the the giant turtle in um uh in the swamp? Mora, the, the Mora. ancient one. Thank you. Yes. Wow. Well, I remember, Joe. Oh, I read the book. The book's amazing. of course. Yes, you did say how good the book was. Yeah. Book, the never-ending story book is there's a lot there for children or adults i mean like that book the older you get the deeper you realize it is it's incredible i have a lot of time for never-ending story yeah yeah nice um, and i love that film too uh oh cool. yeah yeah you know just giant puppet luck dragon yeah I, 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 I absolutely it's like you know what i would absolutely love to see the strings i, I don't care um I, I absolutely love that movie um Everybody loves that movie. Yeah, it's impossible so. to hate that movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we also watched, because he hadn't seen it yet, Godzilla vs. Kong. <gasps> yeah, nice. He hadn't he had... seen it, no. <laughs> yeah. Really? Really, he had not seen the film before. What was Alex's take on this? Um, he, he enjoyed it. I think he was quite distracted, um, because he was on his phone a bit, and we were chatting a bit, and so... I don't think he really got any of the human story. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, like, yeah. that, does this does this really matter? <laughs> I think he's yeah. Well, you know, I I like the little the, the little deaf girl in it. I, I loved her, and I don't oh, feel yeah, like he cool. got. Really I don't cool. feel like he got at all attached to her because he didn't really see a, see a lot of it. But I mean, the the monster action, he saw that and he loved that. Oh yeah, he was like, wow, you know, he's like, oh, that is beautifully shot. It's, oh, I love what they've done there, and so. His, he said, I think he said his favorite character was Mechagodzilla. So, okay. I mean, that's a win there for, for that. But, um, yeah, I I think he enjoyed it. Carl, what camp were you in? Were you Kong <laughs> or Godzilla? You know, I wanted to see if they were ever going to pull off a fight that I thought wasn't going to be one-sider, kind of, you know, sort of silly. And I loved it. I, I thought it I, – I didn't care who won. I just wanted sort of a good monster fight. Um and I keep getting on and watching the two of them tear Monster uh, uh, Mecha Godzilla apart. I keep I can't, again, 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 <laughs> again. And it, I just uh, I wanted to see a good fight. I, I, in my heart, I'm a Godzilla person. Um, 
you know, dinosaurs going back to, you know, when I was seven years old. So it's always been Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and plus he breathes fire. I mean, come on. This this Almost, was this yeah. the thing that everybody was like, it's just, well, Godzilla's just going to spam Kong with radioactive <laughs> breath the whole time. Right. And lo and behold, that's what he does. So, yeah, yeah. He and, and you know does what? That. That's great. That's, I mean, he's not supposed to be a creature of great intelligence. I mean, like if you have, if you are a walking flamethrower, Problem solved. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like if, if 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 a hammer sees a nail, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, no, I thought it was. I thought it was just great fun. I just great, great fun. It I love the. I thought the fight scenes were great. I, I, you know, I, I. How do I put this? There's certain things I talk with people that feels like you know where where does your reality meter stop and start? You know. Um, so the little green ring on the finger flying through space is good, but dwarves mining gold in the fantasy realm is not. Um, it's sort of, you know, there are people that, oh, I can't, I can't read fantasy, but they love the sci-fi stuff. Um, and so it's always just a matter of sort of defining, you know, okay, just you know, either good or bad, but, you know, um, yeah, I got a buddy and he's like, oh yeah, but fantasy has no interest. You know, that's ridiculous. Like, okay, but the guy from Krypton is, makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. I'm from Kansas. You're walking with thin ice there, pal. Clark is a is a is a personal is. friend. He is. Close friend, yeah. he is. I would never, yeah. I wouldn't want to, you know. Um, exactly. Exactly. Don't worry, don't worry. I won't go all Star Wars fan on you. It's all thank good. you. Thank you. Oh no. Let's no, not go there. <laughs> Apologies yeah. to all Star Wars fans out there. Live long and prosper. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> oh, on that point, should we take our first break? And then come I back think to we should. Yeah, let's do we that. Should. Excellent. Hello, and welcome back to part two of Kaiju Curry House. I'm here with Joe and guest Carl, and we're going to talk about Carl's Kickstarter project, Captain Gilman's Homespun Monster Album Number Two. So, yes, Carl. Um, obviously, we want to hear about your project, but before we do, can we hear a little bit about you? So, you're, you're an award-winning artist and teacher. Yeah, um, I believe you um, have a um, shop, don't you, as well, and an art gallery. Right uh, in so, my home, uh, I ah. kind of took the idea from someone mentioning it in a conversation. I go, "That sounds like a great idea," and I've got a little room downstairs with a big window in it, and hung up a sign and unlocked the door. Um, <laughs> it's really more, it's really more of a boutique. Like I don't really, it's it's it basically it's a closet with a window. That's how big it is. Um, so it's not like a massive room, but I, I invite people to come in and say, look, take a look at the stuff and then we can order it online right here on the machine or whatnot. Um, but yeah, a lot of this, uh, and I, have been a teacher for a long time and, you know, when, when given an opportunity would enter a painting or a drawing into some things, but I, I, I was pursuing teaching and for many, many years, uh, you know, students and other faculty and whatnot, you know, why don't you put your stuff out there? How don't you sell things? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, just wants to. It's just, they're, they're monsters. Does anybody really want to look at this? Um, you know, and sort of that thing. And, but enough of it sort of happened and there was enough positive feedback that that's sort of where this came from. Uh, as an artist, I've always been interested in dinosaurs. That's where it all began. I, I was drawing dinosaurs as a kid with a crayon, you know, especially stegosaurus because you got to do this a lot, <laughs> you know. Um, and it just kind of evolved into it uh, more and more things. Uh, I mean, I can remember, you know, very, very specifically setting the alarm clock for 1230 at night so I could get up and watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, and uh, what was the other movie? Um, crawling over, I don't know how many 
the movie theater seats to see the you know torn up version of Warriors of the Wind, which was Miyazaki's um, uh, Nausicaa movie, which is my favorite movie of all time, I think, because of the creatures and all the stuff that are in it. Um, but you know, the awards and the illustrating mostly just come from you know the, the teaching stuff and an occasional show that I would uh, attend or whatnot. Um, usually for a theme, um, uh, like a history theme or sometimes a monster theme or sci-fi stuff. But it's mostly just been involved teaching, but I found it a really rewarding experience and I love doing it. And it was, it's been very satisfying up until 2019, um, which is when I started working on this sort of a little bit. Having gathered all these images together, I thought, well, there's, there's enough here for, there's a lot of pictures here. And, you know, I'm thinking I love drawing monsters. I've been drawing them for years. Let's put them together in a book. So. Very nice. And, and so your monsters, they're not so much just uh, like like your own creation, but they're, was it from different mythologies and different right. um, uh, cultures around the world? You found actual like folklore creatures, aren't right. they? Right. And that was a very deliberate thing because I, I, you know, I've been drawing stuff off the top of my head, which was fine, but I wanted something recognizable. Um, and I wanted people to, you know, sort of see. I think it came from a, con, a comment that somebody made like, oh, that's already been drawn before. Oh, people are always like, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you've drawn it, you know, and let's see what you think about it. Um, and it, it really was that. I, it would be fun to sort of make up all kinds of, of new things. I sort of wanted to work within a, a, a system. Um, there's a guy who, by the name of Wayne Barlow, who's a fantasy, uh, he did Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials and Barlow's Guide to Fantasy and Barlow's Inferno. And he's this creature illustrator. Um, and he did something called Barlow's Guide to uh, Extraterrestrials like in it, again it's here in my shelf turning to dust that literally every page has fallen out it's it's just like you know this withered old thing and it was just i i knew that i wanted to do something like that um and the idea of trying to capture what other people had written and try to make that visual um you know in many cases working with very limited information which is actually great um you know, when they're just sort of ugly or scary or they talk about a smell and warts or whatnot. It's like, oh, that's all kinds of stuff to play with. Um, but his making of all these monsters and following a very traditional mode and working from very, very um, traditional sources like stuff from the 1920s and whatnot, um, just these wonderful old aliens and monsters and whatnot from mythology. And then comparing them with other people had done you know, you see, you know, all the different takes on Frankenstein and you see all the different, and they're still, and yet they're still recognizable as those things, you know, and you, you, you see the monster, but you also notice the, 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 the artist behind it. And I knew I wanted to try something like that now that I sort of had all these monster pictures around. Um, does that make sense? Does that, did I, rant? yeah, yeah. Did, that makes did sense. I go off some, on some <laughs> island somewhere? Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Just um, going for the ride. It was, uh, and so yeah, it was. It was a. It was an attempt, a very deliberate uh, action, because you start looking, and there's, there are, you know, uh, the old medieval trolls, but there's there's Japanese trolls, and there's Chinese trolls, and there's Native American trolls, and there's 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 South America. They're they're, they're all over the place, and some are big, and some are small, and some are magical, and some are good, and some are bad, and some are are this, and some are that, and it's wonderful to sort of filter through all those things and sort of pick and choose, sort of especially if I'm now sort of making them into a lot of these are based again off, off the monster manual stuff. So I, I try to sort of keep that in mind too, that there's a gaming element to it. Um, you know, they should be 
and you know cause damage and you know be evil and uh you know be adversarial in some sort of way um but really again filtering through all these you know various uh and sundry things um you know for instance like all the different undead monsters you know vampires and mummies and whatnot i was like oh jesus it's just another skeleton wrapped in the bed sheet i need to do something different um and so finding different ways to see how other uh cultures and other histories and storytellers and fairy tales have envisioned them and even if there's not a picture what's the story you know how are they described is it a curse is it uh, bad luck um are, you know you are the son or the daughter of some other creature or something and it's just a wonderful uh, uh an almost endless supply of stuff to look at um and uh sort of then filtering out and again because you can pick and choose who's to say that's not a troll and it's like you know who's to say one way or the other um you know the vast difference in even when you get down to the philosophy of, of let's say eastern versus western dragons you know they're very evil in one culture and they're very good in the other you know so Oh, which one do you want to be? Which one do you want to use? Do you want to be Falcor? Do you want to be Smog? And it's it's uh, it's fun to be able to look at all those variations and see all the different permutations that exist within that. That's cool, yeah. Because as you say, we do see that on the dragon side of things. There's yeah. lots of different, but like mummies and vampires, and I, I'm just used to seeing the the one stereotypical right. one. That's the, so. If there's other versions out there. Then having them brought to life would be great. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's and, and that's what was so real. It's like there, there's dozens of them, <laughs> you know. And that's just that you again just thought with one, and then you, you're looking and you're looking. Oh, you know, and you you start seeing the bog people, you know, uh, you know, up in uh, England and Ireland and, and whatnot, and um, you know, some of the crazy things that were going on in Scandinavia back, you know, in, in early early histories and whatnot. Um, and it, it's. There's and there's all these. There's always this version of something. Um, you know, you see some things and it's a troll, and they show you it's a little, it's a little guy with a broom. And you think, oh, he doesn't look all that threatening at all, you know. And he and and they're just all these wonderful. And I realize that you you sort of have to stick with something that the audience will essentially grasp onto. You know, I yeah. I realize that I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not doing an anthology of all the different versions. It's sort of a distillation down. And given the fact that it's called Monster Album and it's got the D&D influence, I think people are looking for the, you know, the uh, kinds of adversarial sort of monsters. But it's still fun to look up these various, you know, oddball things um, and then find a way to segue them into this story. Um, and there is a story behind the whole the book it's not just a set of stats i figure people have they got enough stats take whatever stat you want whatever book you want i'm sure there's trolls in all kinds of various role-playing games pick whatever stat book you want but you can use this version of it if you want with his teeth or his claws or his tail or whatever okay so how what's the what's the story then is it is this one long story is it separate stories for each creature what, what yes for? it's and this was, it's, it's sort of contrived. And again, again, I come back to Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is sort of where everything is based on. And it's, it's more of a premise. And I've set it up kind of based on, again, how the monster manual is laid out, but I've written it like I'm H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and so there's sort of a description of the monster, but it's written kind of like an 1880s newspaper article. And then there'll be uh, a, a, essentially a quote from one of the crew members describing where they encountered this creature. Okay. So with the bottom, you know, of let's say uh, there's a description of the, of the ogre 
and it says, ah, the algorithm's meaning to ease people, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a, from something, uh, uh, you know, it's an excerpt, you know, it's, it's essentially, let's say the first major report to his cap and it's in his daily log. And it'll be, you know, we, it, it this thing, it, it, it killed five men and ate two horses while, before we were able to kill it. And, and just these little excerpts from the story. Um, so there's no linear definition. So every page is sort of its own little story within a larger context of what, what you are is essentially you're a crew on a boat, um, again, taken right out of Shadowvers Innsmouth, and uh, setting sail just like out of the story, borrowed heavily from that, look, look, and you're just out exploring in this, as I put it, I created this fictional crew and I set them adrift on a fantasy ocean, but it's all centered on here you know, essentially planet Earth, but get a very Lovecraftian kind of, of influence with it. So as they sail around these islands and encounter different people and cultures and whatnot, they run into a troll or a basilisk or orcs or getting orcs into H.P. Lovecraft was a little odd. Um, but it, it, it worked. So that's why there's nothing anything too specific to nail down. So you'll have this description, like it was written by a journalist. And there's a, then a blurb from like the captain or the first mate or whatnot. And there's an introduction that says, and it's again, it's written very much in like this 1880s language where, you know, once upon a time, well, not once upon a time, how does it start off that, you know, in such and such place, so-and-so went off and just established trade routes. And then they found all this wreckage that came aboard. And these are the excerpts from the diaries and whatnot from the lost crew, of the HMS, whatever, and presented to you here by Mr. Connick University Press. That's what I wrote it as. So it's kind of like an excerpt of, of pages and egg, uh, uh, diary notes that have washed ashore and cobbled together into this anthology. Um, so there's a theme running through it, but not necessarily a linear story. Uh, characters that die on one page may give you a quote on another. And it's, it's dated and, you know, some dates are here and some dates are there. So again, it's stuff pulled from a wreckage, essentially, piece. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. That's cool. Yeah, that's like a great coffee table book. To be perfectly honest, you know, yeah, like it, those ones you just keep out. Yeah, it, you just pick it up and look at it. There's no linear structure to it. Um, it. It is sort of all explained in sort of the beginnings. Like, and I say to folks, like, look, this is going to be weird. All right, um, it's a bunch of stuff that I pretended washed up on an island by a bunch of people who don't exist, so that I can draw monsters about it and tell you why. Um, so it it really is a, a sort of a roundabout sort of way to. Uh, put them out there but I wrap them up into this you know sort of fanciful tale and you know have characters in it that react to each other and the characters eventually begin to transform into fish people so it's also uh you get to see deep ones gradually transform as you read the various volumes you know so the covers will essentially change and there's an ongoing little uh intro about the Gilmans who are the deep ones and as you open up the picture will so the opening one is uh, at one stage, which is explained, and then they'll show you another one. Oh, here's so-and-so Gilman in, at such and such a time. And they're painted like old school portraits and whatnot. The whole That's idea awesome. is, to try to, yeah, is try to catch a really, thank you, is a, um, a really old school, like this really did just waffles up on the shore. You know, and it was written by some old goofball 100 years ago. Um, so the writing is a little old fashioned and it's, I don't use these and vowels, but, um, and I didn't use the word, uh, I never once used, what, what is it, a gibbous. I never once used the word gibbous anywhere in my writing, in my H.P. Lovecraft uh, inspired. He, he was always using that word. It, it's something to do with the full moon. Um, I'm sure someone's going to come back and tell me, no, you idiot, it means this. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's kind of written this weird, clunky kind of, you know, 19th century language, which I sort of grew to love. 
um, and it fits the time and the place that I wanted to put it in. So, um, and yeah, so the first volume, is that, is that? Yeah. Should I, should I, should I, the first volume, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little nervous. Uh, the first volume uh, was again, just sort of a labor of love. And again, people kept asking me to put these together. I had, you know, 15 monster pictures and a story. And I, I've been writing this stuff. I'd also writing a, a, a role-playing campaign and these characters sort of like, I'm just going to put them into this. Um, and, you know, again, I'd always, always, always love the monster manual. I mean, I love that book. Uh, I, I, and the first volume is still my favorite. Um, to this day, I just, I, every, I just always, I'm always picking it up and reading it. Um, and I knew that I just, I had to at least try to do something like this. Um, I figured I'll be drawing monsters anyways. I might as well write this little story and I'm having a ball doing it, to be honest with you. Um, even if, you know, as I said in some of the updates on the Kickstarter thing, even, you know, if it doesn't go through, I'm still drawing the monsters, you know, just so you all know. Um, it's just a matter of where does it go beyond that essentially. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but it really is just was a big old labor of monster love. And I just wanted to draw a bunch of pictures of my old school favorites. Um, you know, especially the old role playing, you know, trolls and goblins and kobolds and, and all the old school stuff that, you know, you read about in, you know, Snow White and, uh, you know, uh, Sleeping Beauty, you know, witches and, and all that great stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. So you, so you've got volume one done. Yes. You're, you're, I'll take it. Have you chosen the monsters for volume two or is it you still just thinking about that? You're researching that now. I've got about six or seven of them done. Uh, maybe seven or eight, depending on, on sort of what happens. Uh, and the, the thing that I do with them is they're also, um, I don't want to say they're drawn differently, but they're finished to a different level. Some I keep very sketchy. So it looks like various people are sort of doing it. Some of them are very finished. Some of them have backgrounds. Some of them don't. It varies it a little bit. Um, so there's variation without all having them uh, be too different. One of the other things, now I'm getting off on a tangent. One of the other things that I was really big on in this that I wanted to make sure and do is that the drawing matched the description, which always was, I, I get this, so I'm just, just it's like, you know, it says in the description that they only use swords when they fight, but he's clearly holding a mace. Um, yeah, I can be that guy sometimes. And so I wanted the descriptions when I was writing them to say this, so it looks exactly the same. Um, or you'd see the same monster appear in uh, uh, the book several times, but a different artist does it. So you like, is, is that the same thing? And so I wanted this to be a really, really consistent thing. Um, so the, the, the second volume, there's about, um, like again, six or seven of them done in, in uh, some of them very finished pen and ink. Some of them are, are pencil sketches. Some of them are just sketchbook sketches. Um, some of them are actually paintings, like some of the Gilmans, the Gilman family, uh, mm -hmm. I have several of their portraits that I'm going to be using. So on the second volume, it'll be Mrs. Gilman on the cover. Um, and it's going to be slightly blue. Um, and then the, the second uh, input of the, the Gilman family will be another portrait of another Innsmuthian in a different stage. Uh, so for instance, I have a painting of a essentially, and I did it specifically for this, I just wasn't sure how, um, of, a, of, of a deep one dressed as a Civil War soldier. Um, you know, for his Civil War portrait. So he's got his gun and his hat and there's a flag behind him. Um, it was taken off and I, I essentially took a tintype from an old Civil War photograph and I put this fish face person in it. Um, 
to sort of ground it in here and yet create this sort of fantasy element. So there's, there's about, you know, like I said, maybe seven or eight illustrations fully done. Um, and, I've, and, the, and the characters, and, you know, a, a lot of the stuff will be reminding you of, the, of who the characters. So there's a character sheet at the very end. Here's the list of the crewmates. And you'll see that every time to sort of remind you. Uh, the introduction will change each time. It'll be like part one, part two, part three. Um, what do I have this time? Um, the first volume <laughs> focuses a really a lot on like undead monsters. I don't know why. Um, I did a really great drawing in class of a skeleton, kind of a, it's like a, you know, angel of death sort of thing. And I, oh, and I, and I drew it again and I drew it. It's like, no, oh, I've got it. So and they were all in different forms and whatnot. And so th those turned into a lot of the undead that are now in the book. So I, I did a mummy and a ghoul and a, um, uh, a white and a wraith. Uh, and there's another one in there somewhere. Um, I'm particularly, I'm going to just plug myself here a little bit. I'm very sorry about this. I'm particularly happy with the way the ghoul looked out because it, it almost, almost was right up there with my, one of my all time favorite idols, Bernie Wrightson and his undead ghoul monsters. And I thought, Oh my God, I, I, I it's, Oh, I almost, it, I was so proud of that particular drawing. And it's just a little tiny, silly thing. But my, one of my art heroes, Bernie Wrightson is always was drawing zombies and things coming out of the ground and whatnot. And uh, I was very proud of that one. Um, but um, so there was a lot of undead stuff going on in the first one. In this one, I'm sensing a lot of snake things. Like there's a lot of snake monsters. Um, you know, getting back and reading a lot of HP Lovecraft and drawing a lot of serpent people. But then I've got flying snakes. I've got snake-headed monsters and I've got uh, things. So this one's going to be very serpentine, I think. And it's sort of mood. It, it kind of whatever the mood I'm in, I guess. I, I, I don't know why the first one was filled with undead. I, I have no idea. They were just, oh, another skeleton with an axe. Yes. To merge kind of like the themes of the two, I'm just going to ask, have you read of the, any of the original Conan books? Uh, I've read a little Robert E. Howard, not so much, yeah. but I've, I was getting into Fafar and the Grey Mouser. Um, uh, uh, because if you, like, if you like skeletons, yeah. if you like undead, and you like snake people, yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah. Have I, have I got some news for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was. Uh, it was. Um, I was reading. Uh, uh, yeah, Fabulous the Great Monster. And um, oh my God, I just, I just brain farted. Um, John Carter of Mars. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Some oh of the original. Oh my gosh! Someone like, else has read John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Edgar Rice Burroughs is yeah. amazing. Everybody yeah. should read Edgar Rice. Everyone Burroughs. should read be, it. He should be mandatory taught in American literature right. to all kids before they leave primary school. Yes. That is his target audience. And, and, and I read this stuff oh like, my oh gosh. my God. This, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking all the illustrations that go with it and all these old school uh, uh, pictures. But yeah, it was that's where the snake people are coming from because I've been reading these guys. And, you know, um, uh, it, uh, Tharks. Is there anything better than a Thark? Tharks is, 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 there, is awesome. there anything better in the world? A four-armed eight-foot alien with tubes on his head? More! Uh, it's, oh. And tusks. Don't forget the tusks. For, oh, that, I can't forget the tusks. Um, uh, yeah, my all-time, just give me more of them. I don't care what it is. Just have them swinging swords and leaping around. Just absolutely brilliant. Tharks are cool, They're just though. so cool. They are awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it is, it, it, you're right. It's coming out of that Robert E. Howard kind of stuff. Um, it's, there's not as much action um, as, let's say, his things like, like, mine's a little bit more Lovecraftian than sort of, oh, doomed mission. Um, 
but it's of that same pulpish yeah, writing. Pulpy, like vaguely, I mean, adventure, like pulp Adve adventure, right. but it has like this weird makes of like dark fantasy with like a little bit of Atlantean sci-fi thrown exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I want to sort of that I, I actually sort of gave myself permission to do is like it's supposed to be a monster, so I was trying to stay away from characters, but I thought, now I'm throwing in a witch and an evil wizard and a druid. And you know, I want I like I want an Atlantean, you know, priestess or you know, um like a Stygian witch or something with a well and smoke and tentacles coming out of it. I love you know? I love the fact that you've read the same books that I have <laughs> and you're still as excited. This is oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Stop laughing, Paul. <laughs> Finally, sure some, someone don't last. <laughs> I no, no. Oh, yeah. I, I well, and you know, getting getting to the final, um, you know, thing about this is this rediscovery of all this great. I don't, I don't want to call it old, but this really wonderful classic writing in in this genre. Uh, and you read this stuff, and you're like, that, it's like, oh my god, they were thinking of this stuff back in the. 1910 1920 1890s um you know when some of these great guys, minds think alike I, and they're yeah. just and they're exactly and they're great and this is before computers so they've got you know like oh, oh what is it they had cigarettes that help you remember everything and it's like oh just fantastic stuff what was it memory bubblegum um jeez uh, uh larry niven's first novel world of patavs uh before written so it's something called a brain board and he eats like this a chewing gum that makes him do something makes him telekinetic for and it's just wacky just nuttier than 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 squirrel droppings and just great great stuff um but yeah the great old classic uh things are uh really starting to become a lot of more appealing to me um they're just so inventive and amazing yeah, when when you don't have to conform to any rules, suddenly it's a lot more fun. Right. And yeah. you 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 I mean, in essence, you get to have like a really fun adventure story if you don't have to adhere to any specific rules. So like Disney does this fantastically, like all of their like stories. Like let's take Raya and the Last Dragon, for example. So Raya has a sword which turns into like this crazy whip repelling thing. It's like right. Batman's sword. I beg your pardon? Who cares? It's Who cares? cool! <laughs> and it's part of the story! And you made these, it, yeah, and you put, yeah, part these, of the story. There are these purple fog monsters just coming out of nowhere, and they turn people to stone. I don't care where they came from. This is cool! How are we going to get rid of that? Right. I mean, like, this is this is great. This is, this is what's fun. And when you suddenly bog stuff down with a bunch of exposition on why this could actually happen, it's just like, I don't care. I don't, I don't even know how you did your trick. I don't I'm, want to know I'm, how you did the magic. I'm not reading a book to read to live real life. Come on, no. I can <laughs> I can close it with that. Yeah, right, yeah. But no, I mean, like, all the greats, like Edgar Rice Burroughs, Robert Burroughs. E. Howard. I mean, these guys, like, they were great. Jules Verne. Jules Verne had a lot of exposition, but I will give him due credit. He thought of a lot of cool stuff before. Cool that H.G. Wells that I've you know oh, yeah. gone over and reading, and um, just I love the idea of Victorian aliens. That is just awesome to me. Um, 
you know, and we didn't we didn't launch a rocket. We fired our ship at you, and they launched these things on massive catapults towards the Earth, you know, and they they land in giant stainless steel containers with steam and vacuum tubes and War whatnot. Of the worlds. It's I mean, just like, it, yeah. Oh my gosh! Just it's like, just so much fun. Back, because they had they had just things that we would think mundane now back then were just so eloquent and beyond and it's just really fun to like see this stuff oh what's 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 another really good one um you mentioned hg wells you've got lovecraft the 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 ace in the hole that i have found is um you know reading this guy's stuff is like running at high running through water it's like running in the pool um so you have to brace yourself for it but his name is william hope hodson and um he was i think he was born in the late 1800s he, he was killed in world war one um if that gives you any sense of time but he wrote these two utterly fantastical and i mean just books um uh that are you've never heard of it in their time were just absolutely fantastically uh, uh just amazingly imaginative um oh god what is it called uh one is called the house on the borderlands and it's essentially a house that sits at the crossroads of two parallel dimensions and so things creep in and out of it and it's just the craziest idea and what's the other one called that i've been getting it's it's a bit of a slog um uh and it's it's essentially takes place in uh the far distant future where the sun has gone out and it's i can't believe i'm drawing a complete blank on it and so again that's very ray bradbury-esque honestly yeah um and oh god it's not called the the, that's the name of the first chapter is the last redoubt um oh god i'm so stupid i'm sorry i can't remember the name of this uh this book um and you know these are these victorian when i'm playing like this and uh the uh the last no that's not the name of it it'll come to me in a second um but they're these old school and and again it's it's sci-fi written 150 years ago you know so they have notions of you know that's what i always love about you know uh uh, uh john carter you know, we didn't have rockets it was astral projection you know so yeah, how do you get radio, to mars oh yeah. he was a you radio wave copy of, yeah oh, it was brilliant it you was know? absolutely genius. And you know what? They use it for that great cliffhanger ending. Right. Oh my gosh, you remember reading that first book and then you get to the end and you're just like, oh my God, I am so glad this was written 80 years ago and I can just pick up the next book. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. So good. Um, and it, and they're, and it, well, the great thing about it is you see where uh, all these guys get their, you know, especially some of the modern stuff. Uh, you know, I, I read before sort of, I guess, the internet, and I was reading all these books where there's no such thing as cyber this or cyber that, and all they're all very different. You know, it's all just all over the place. And ever since this sort of happened, it, it's kind of gone down to here where they're kind of very much all kind of reconstituting the same thing. Um, but uh, God, what is the name of that bloody book? It's going to drive me absolutely bananas. Um but some of these, again, getting back to the really old school stuff, um, and that's what I wanted to go back and find some of these sources uh, because they are so imaginative, and a lot of them do borrow from uh, uh, sort of maybe more traditional sources, but have, you know, again, I don't want to say modernized them, but have so reimagined them and told stories about them in a new different way that I, I really just wanted to, you know, sort of 
use that because again the writing is it, one of the things about the, the the volumes that had to happen is the writing couldn't sound too modern because it's supposed to look like you just pulled it out of the sea um and i i so it's i don't want to say it's deliberately clunky but it's how shall we say slightly archaic just a little you know, some of the phrases slightly obsolete deliberately so that it's looked like you know whose grandmother wrote this that kind of uh effect where it's a little bit um dated you know so it very much feels like the thing that it is um and, you know paul getting back to your question about you know is there a story or whatnot no it's more impressions of it I, I want you to look at the pictures and get a sense of of some horror but you're not going to encounter this ogre again or anything else like that it's you know that it's mean or it's nasty or that um so and so vanished in a pool of dust or such and such dropped dead at the sight of it um i mean there's a quote about the ghost where it's just uh in the novel where they talk about a guy just dropping dead and that's that's all you know about it so it's just more of the effects less uh less a story or narrative or driven or anything like that yeah okay awesome right time for our second break and then oh, we'll wrap cheers. it up okay excellent gotcha hi this is carl welcome back to episode 77 guys y'all doing um, <laughs> hey and our last segment is all about me um, I want to talk to you about the uh, the Kickstarter project. I launched it um, about two weeks ago. Uh, I, I would have been more on top of things and got with you guys sooner, but we had, again, the incident. Um, but it's, uh, again, the second volume of my rather – I also tried to give it a rather cumbersome title. Uh, I'm trying to do everything I can to make this as unpopular as I possibly can. So it's got a long, boring title. It's hard to read. Um, you know, it doesn't fit. It. Uh, it's really, really a pain in the neck. Um, and but, Tolkien sold copies of Cimmerillion. I mean, like you're a good company. I mean, oh yeah. He, he, <laughs> and and uh, to this day, after in retrospect, is probably my favorite of the of the uh, of all his novels. Um, wow, you were one of the chosen to, few that wrote yeah, that. Read I it actually, I, I read it. I read it like three three times, um, and I, I actually ended up loving it. But it, yeah, it was a acquired taste to say the least. Um, so the second one is coming out. And again, I did the first one just to sort of prove that I could more just to myself than anything else. But I also said, you know, follow through with it. That just mean having a digital file, print a bloody copy of it, you know, with all the, 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 the setup and talking to a printer. And can you actually do this by yourself? A to Z. And, and yeah, I did. Um, it was a little roundabout. Um, the, uh, the drawings came about, rather i don't want to say randomly but in doing the drawings for classes and doing demonstrations and putting what out there and putting together the portfolio i said you know pick something out monsters well how could it be anything else so for for drawing demonstrations for anything like that it was you know draw this draw that you know for media demonstrations draw that it I always chose monsters and so i ended up having a bunch of them knowing in the back of my head you know from the beginning of our conversation it was always something that was always looming something i knew i wanted to do and when I found out I had enough of them, I thought, I got enough here to make at least one attempt at this. And if, I, if it blows up in my face, then, you know, no one gets hurt. Um, I'm rather happy with it. Um, and again, it, this is, again, all about me. But I was reading a bunch, again, this old school fantasy and sci-fi stuff that we love. And I was getting a sense of the language that I wanted to use. And, you know, having a, enough of these things. Uh, and so I decided to do the Kickstarter project, mostly... Um, so that I can do it again, but sort of then get it done faster um, in, in a more controlled way. The idea of having done it once, it'll be better the second time around and it won't take nearly as long. 
Um, and I've sort of solidified the story. I've solidified, you know, how I want to do things. Um, and so to set off with, and again, this is my first Kickstarter campaign. It, I, it took me quite a long time looking at other people's campaigns. How do they do things? You know, what is and what isn't? Um, I realized there anybody that, it, that you've used as inspiration just to kind of give folks a feel, like as far uh, as Kickstarters go? None. Uh, I, it, it was, I knew that it could be done. I, I saw what some people had asked for and offered and I sort of built on that there were a lot of people giving out simple things like a uh we'll email you a pdf or I'll, uh, a simple it's like okay I don't need to mail you the sun and moon every time you you sponsor it's it's more of a thank you sort of effort and a gesture um and lots of updates so it, it is it is learning as I go okay. um but it it was something that was part of the process as well I thought well if I want to do this I maybe I should learn how to promote things as much as anything else um and this would sort of then get that that kickstarted. And so the initials you were talking about, you know, what what are what are you getting as far as the rewards or whatnot go, was very much based on the idea that I wanted to be able to give people something immediately, um, so that if if there's a reward, and again, you guys suggested it, and I'm actually going to go and change it. Volume two will be a reward um, for a, for a higher level. Um, it's just, and I'll tell everyone right now, there's going to be a wait on that one. This you can get right now. It's it's done. I put it in an envelope. I I sign it. I say thank you very much, um, and I give you a, you know a, 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 I, I sprinkle a little uh, four leaf clover on it. Um, so, so can we talk about can we talk about time frames? So right now, absolutely. Th this episode that you're listening to, folks, will drop on September the sixth, twenty twenty one. So Carl, how long is the Kickstarter going to be going for? It goes until uh, about. I think it goes to October the third or the fourth, okay. um, and and so again, I, I actually it. jump on it. And I have, you know, use you guys. I said I'm doing this podcast. I did apologize to people too. I said, look, I should have been on this last week, but I was screwing around with something else that ended up just me with my tires in the mud. So I I, I would have been more on top of this. You would have known about it sooner. Um, and it, it, I did give myself extra time to sort of as as the learning curve goes. Um, it's, again, it's, it's a, it's a first attempt. Um, I, I'm constantly updating things on the, on the site as well saying, I've decided to do this. Uh, Hey, there's more comic books available now since more people were interested in that tier reward. Um, you know, there, most of them are sort of going for the, for the book. Um, and so I thought, well, let's make a lot more of those available. Um, you know, cause it's a small print run. So what kind of tiers do we have available? Like what, what are we offering here? There's the book, the, which you mentioned. There's the book, awesome. which is at, at, uh, at $25. Um, and really that's the other ones. There's like a, there's a $1 reward tier. And I, 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 I whisper thank you to the ether gods, uh, $5. Um, I have tons and tons of black and white monsters and I send you a nice, uh, uh PDF of that of just a, a random monster. Um, $10, you get a, uh, a signed thank you card of one of the monsters you can pick. So you can say, oh, you know, I've been looking through this. I, I want the orc. You know, do you have that on? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, the cards don't have color. They're just black and white, um, but they look, they look just fine. Um, they, uh, the book is done a little bit differently um, with the color to sort of make it, I don't know, again, a little bit more old school. Uh, the cards are stark black and white. So there's, there's that old school feel, but it's not on the weathered paper. It's more just the old black and white pulp stuff. Um, so that's a reward. Uh, again, the comic book at 25. And for uh, the diehard fans, 
Um, there is for, oh gosh, what was it? I think it's for $700, you get a framed, you can choose any of the framed originals that you want. And there's a list of those that you can pick. And it's sort of first come, first serve. And these are original. They're framed. I matted them myself. Um, so they're custom matted as well. Uh, they're 16 by 20. Um, and more of them become available. That's one of the other updates that I do. So as I draw one for the book, you know, uh, archive it, scan it, put it all together, uh, but then put it in a frame and say, look, now this one's available. Um, and I've got, oh, geez, a dozen and a half of those at least um, in, in various, and you can, again, you can pick and choose, but it's sort of first come, first serve. When you mentioned the comic book earlier, you said that had been a really popular choice. Why is I, that? I, well, I, um, I think it's because it's, it's tangible and it's immediately available. Um, and you're preaching the choir. I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I've had a couple people read it and gotten, you know, two thumbs up on it. It's, it's goofy fun. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's like adventure and terror and whatnot, but there's no violence. You know, it, it's, there's no one, no one's head is actually being ripped off. Um, you know, it's ooh, sort of things. Um, and I, I think people respond to that because it's a tangible thing. Uh, I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair reward, really. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good size. It's glossy. It's got, every page is filled with something, you know, there's all kinds of explanations and all kinds of, sorry, I'm showing this in the, in the glossy paint, but you know, there's the ghost I was talking about. Um, the type is deliberately kind of to make it look like it wasn't quite set right. Um, the spacing's been all whopper jawed a little bit so that it, again, it looks like it was kind of cut and pasted together like someone took a pair of scissors and put two pieces of thing together to make it work um i, I just think because it's fun and it looks good um you know uh, the cover was something i really researched a lot i was typing you know 1850s almanacs and what do they look like and there's all this sort of scroll work and i thought that's a little bit too fancy but what there's sort of this almost circus poster sort of effect that i was seeing um i i just think it's a it's a fun reward um you know, it's sort of one of those things whenever you sort of teach a class or write a story or do whatever, it's like, gee, I wish I would have had this when I was a kid. And that's kind of what I wanted this to be. You know, gee, I wish I would have found something like this, you know, going on. Not that I didn't in my own monster manuals, but, you know, with like, gee, if I had done that, I would have changed it a little bit differently. Well, put your money where your mouth is, Carl. And, you know, there you have it. Um, but I think people just like monsters. And I think this collection is a way for them to kind of have it. And it really isn't that much. Um, and these I have, again, these I have with me right now. So as soon as it, it goes, I can take them, shove them right in an envelope. They're not turned on demand. Um, they're, they're not in a warehouse. These are in my house, safely stored, you know, ready to go. Um, that's I, I awesome. Just, yeah, I just think it's something that they want. Um, I would be happy to send. I would be happy to send you guys a couple of them if you're. Oh, down don't with worry. It. We will totally. I, I will go and back the Kickstarter. I got a couple of young boys who love monsters and comics and all sorts of good stuff. And you know what? That's what I sort of wanted to say to folks is, you know, it's. I I want you to spread the word more than anything else. I've been trying to tell people I don't want. 10 supporters with a thousand dollars not that i wouldn't say no to it but i'd rather have ten thousand supporters with one dollar um and you know get the word out there so that when the second volume comes out when the third volume comes out i mean i'd like to have one of these myself you know thick and whatnot with my name on it and you know available and you know 
it's kind of an offset, but you can use this as an RPG, you know, sort of monster uh, uh, supplement. You know, again, there's no stats or whatnot in it, but you've got the stats already in any other book that you want. It's just a different picture of, with a slightly different take on it. But they're, they're all the same. There's nothing in that's going to be too terribly unfamiliar. So if you wanted to take one of these, oh, I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to use this ghost or this version of his, you know, orc. My orcs are very different from Dungeons and Dragons orcs. I'm a very Tolkien orc guy. Um, whereas the D&D orcs, um, well, they didn't sit well with me, so I decided to change them. And I went and again, went and did my research. I'm going to use his and not his. Um, and that's kind of what I you know, want to do. But, you know, it's the idea is tell lots of people who like monsters. And this is a real easy um, um, way to get it. You can share, you know, write all over it, scribble on it. It's, it's just a hoot. Um, it was just something for people to have fun with, I think. Cool. Awesome. Well, there we go. Well, that about wraps up the Kickstarter segment. I think we can go ahead and uh, start our recommendations as we always do, folks. Carl, go ahead and uh, plug away. And um, what are the recommendations you have for us? Uh, the, the, the one big recommendation is going back, and you made me think about this, is that if you haven't read West of Eden, go read it. Um, it's got illustrations, it's wonderfully imaginative, and yet it's so grounded and believable. Um, I, I would, I, I and it, it's so different from the stuff that we would that we're sort of reading now. Um, I don't suppose that now I'm a little bit dating myself, but if um, there's there are lots of great comic book adaptations. Uh, there's one called Innsmouth, and I forget the name of the other one that have been put out recently. They're they're very very difficult to find, but they're wonderful graphic novels of sort of the whole deep one uh, experience sort of told from there, and they're beautifully drawn. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember any of these people's names, but one of them is simply called Innsmouth, and I believe the other one was called Dagon. Um, sorry, I'm a big fish people person. Um, and my final recommendation, at least for the time being, is uh, go watch your favorite movie on the big screen if you get a chance. It's a, it, it will completely make you see it in a different way and appreciate the music, the cinematography, and um, really what that art form is uh, and, and what it kind of uh it's it's the real way you're supposed to sort of see it and really truly enjoy it so there and go. as soon as i figure out the name of that guy's book william hope hodgson that other one I, I'll, I'll i'll bring that up too but i can't remember <laughs> paul um well so if, if we're talking about films then i should go with um now we've been talking about gilman creature from the black lagoon that joe introduced me to and i absolutely loved mm -hmm. i mean it's the thing is, you hear about it. It's just, it's such, such a well-known film. But I hadn't seen it myself, and I bet there's lots of people like me that, you know, you think, oh, I know that. I've seen the creature, but the film holds up amazingly well. It's fantastic. Interesting. It's, it's just straightforward. It is, isn't it? It's great. Um, I'd love to see that on a big screen, especially if yeah, they do a three D one. That'd yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, if it, 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 it just. We've seen all those things, but it was always on, you know, Saturday afternoon, you know, mm, with yeah. a commercial or, um, you know, the sound, everything sort of being, you know, not moving around or whatnot. Um, it, it, it absolutely a complete difference. Um, but yeah, the creatures, and it, it, you know, you're right. It's a well-grounded, short, simple, spot-on film. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Um, Joe, what would you recommend? I have a couple of recommendations tonight. So... Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend a book called The Dragon and the George by Gordon R. Dickinson. I'm not sure if 
either of you will be immediately familiar with this, but um, there was a Franklin Bass cartoon called A Flight of Dragons. Yes, yes. It is based on this book. Okay. And truth be told, it doesn't have everything in the book. It's kind of one of those where if you've read Jurassic Park, you know that the movie was leaving out quite a bit. Yes. The Dragon, yeah. the Dragon and the George by Gordon R. Dickinson is a hoot. It is hilarious. It is fun. It is basically like one of us being transported to like a D&D realm and going, wait a second. Are you guys <laughs> serious when you're talking like this? Right. But the added kicker is he is in the body of a dragon. Oh, okay. Which is, <laughs> which is really, it's just really funny. It is it's incredibly well done but it's still managed to be a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit fourth wall as well so that's a great book the other one that um i'm going to recommend is blue moon mountain by geraldine mclaughlin mclaughlin i'm i'm <laughs> terrible i'm sorry i'm butchering your name but if you type in blue moon mountain and her name you will catch it it's a lovely little story i read it to my uh little girl and basically what it is is it's a it's a little girl's introduction to monsters so we have this adventurous little girl and she finds her way to blue moon mountain where all of like the horrific monsters of the ancient world have gone and they aren't like people have made them out to be and they're all just you know like really surprised to find this little girl who hasn't heard the stories about them but thinks that they're beautiful like oh the salamander is this really gorgeous little creature that runs around and it's on right. fire that's great oh the hydra over there how wonderful you always have someone to talk to or the gorgon imagine that you never have to brush your hair and it's really lovely like a kraken comes up from like the bottom of this lake and she waves at it and the Kraken's just so happy to be waved at rather than like poked or like chased away. <laughs> That's great. But the illustrations are striking. It is absolutely gorgeous. And at the end of it, there's actually a glossary of all the monsters and they are quite numerous that are in this book. And it's just so wonderful. It, of course, it features a unicorn. That is why my daughter oh, yeah. loves of it. Of course. But we have... <laughs> We've read this book probably the better part of 40 times in the last two months, and she's oh. not getting tired of it anytime soon. I so absolutely love it. If, if you are looking to indoctrinate small children into monsters or to at least get them interested or researching it, I recommend Blue Moon Mountain. That sounds and, awesome. Yeah. Joe, if it, I could follow up on that, that's brilliant. Um, if you all haven't read Mercer Mayors, there's a nightmare in my closet. Um, absolutely it will it, you fall in love with monsters and dark things in the closet immediately it's a kid's book it's done in like two colors it won a, a caldecott or so i've got a copy sitting around here somewhere it is it's mercer mayor it is absolutely a fantastic uh and there's this big wonderful droopy beard with his he's got blunt tusks that look like two marshmallows coming out of him. he's got this big giant mouth he's he's fantastic um the kid shoots him with a pop gun and the monster starts to cry. <laughs> it's just a fantastic monster story. And I'm definitely checking out Blue Moon Mountain. Absolutely going to look that one up. It's it's so gorgeous. And the pictures, I mean, it's the perfect bedtime story. It doesn't have a ton of dialogue. The illustrations are 
absolutely striking. I think that there's a combination of watercolor, colored pencil, some pastels, like it, it's just beautiful. And I was really happy with the fact that not only did they go through and like show you that like there are different takes on monsters and creatures, like the, the phoenix that is in the book is absolutely gorgeous. It's like a giant heron. And normally you see phoenixes looking like fox from Harry Potter. It's kind of like this right. peacock eagle. But in this book, it's not portrayed that way at all. But again, the glossary at the end to just take that little bit of extra effort. Like if you liked this book and you were interested, have a go. Right. It, I, but again, not a lot of dialogue, easy to read. It, it, feel, it doesn't feel childish. It's very sincere. It, it's a great kid's book. I totally get it. Yeah, it's a great take on an old, you know, again, it's something familiar and it, it's completely brand new. Exactly. Anyways, anyways, folks, thank you very much for listening with us. And uh, as always, keep it kaiju.